everyone, um, on a fucking Tuesday. Yes, on the first day of the month, on a fucking Tuesday. Anyways, um, <clears throat> so, here's the thing. I have always had a problem with the way fandom likes to tag things um, and gloss things over. And it's just... it. Mm. Today on Facebook, someone posted that they had saw a um, tag on AO3 uh, <laughs> that warned for slight rape. Slight rape. I don't actually know what that means, and I'm not going to go find out. I've always even found the concept of dubious consent a little fucking hinky, because I'm not even sure... It's either a yes or a no. And an intoxicated person can't say yes. So I'm not sure where dubious comes in. I don't... Forced seduction. Which was really prominent. Really prominent in the 80s. You know, the pirate would kidnap the woman and have sex with her for her own good. Rape her for her own good. Um... And anyways, it just it really fucking irritated me, and I've been kind of irritated about it the whole damn afternoon ever since I saw it. Not the poster's fault, well, not the poster on Facebook's fault. Um, I don't even understand what slight means. I, I don't. I don't fucking get it. I don't. I I, I want to punch people. Not you people. Not because because you're my peoples. Um, but for the most part, I don't like people. Um, that aren't my people, because they're dumb. <sighs> Those of you who are on my Facebook, you know I got catcalled yesterday. and <laughs> I'm too old for that shit. I am too, I am in my 40s. I'm too old for that. I, I am. I am too old for that shit. I'm too, well, I'm too old to tolerate that shit. Okay, because when I was younger and it would happen, I would kind of turn my head and get really uncomfortable and embarrassed and kind of walk a little bit faster. Yesterday, I was prepared to come out of my earrings and take off a shoe. For those of you who are not in the South, you might not understand that. I wanted to whoop that man's ass. I... I... <sighs> As my mama has often told me, one day I'm going to pick a fight that I can't win. But yesterday was not that day. <laughs> I am positive I could have taken that. <laughs> that fuck face. Anyways, it's... Oh, oh. What she actually what she used to say was, "Is your mouth gonna write a check? Your ass can't cash." It hasn't happened yet. I'm not saying it won't. I'm just saying it might. No, it might not. I don't. It, it, It'd take a lot. He'd need he'd need backup. He'd have to have all of his friends in on it. 
anyways, anyways, so I was really fucking irritated about that, um, and um, but I wanted to talk about um, the Facebook page that we started, um, that, that Jilly started, um, and invited me to participate in, um, called, it is called The Daily Something, um, brought to you by the Knickers of Judgment, and, um, it's about, uh, it's a place where we talk about, uh, things that, um, we do wrong or Grammarly does wrong or, you know, just kind of kind of share our craft on a daily basis with people on Facebook. And um, it's called The Daily Something, and you can find it um, on Facebook. Um, like I said, Facebook, Facebook, Facebook 2,500 times. And while I have all these creepy men, so I love you. I love you guys. I really do. Who are in my audience, who, who listen to me for reasons I don't want to acknowledge – you little perverts. Anyways, I wanted to make sure to remind you to get all your junk checked. Getting that time of the year, ladies, you need to get your junk checked. Men, you need to get your junk checked. I don't care if it's humiliating. I don't care if it's uncomfortable. I don't care. You know, if, if I can get my tits squeezed once a year, so can you. And honestly, you know, gentlemen, having a finger up your ass is in absolutely no way as traumatic as being put up in stirrups and having your hoo-ha prodded a reverse pair of salad spoons, okay? So you need to man the fuck up and get your shit checked. They just poke on the in- your your anus. They just poke in there with their finger and check your prostate. It isn't like getting your tits sucked between two cold plastic plates and squeezed into a vice. Now, I am toting a pair of double Ds around here, and that heifer who did my mammogram in April, she squeezed my tit to less than a half an inch thick. Think about that. Think about it. You cannot compare it. Go to the fucking doctor. Okay? It's not going to hurt. It might hurt a little. Go anyway. (laughs) For fuck's sake. For fuck's sake, people. For fuck's sake. Go. God. My boobies hurt just thinking about it. Yeah, because the plates, the the the, the plastic plates they squeeze your tit with, they're 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 transparent, so you can see your poor boobie, um, which is normally a really lovely round shape, being turned into a pancake, a flat, weird, painful pancake, and you can you don't want to tell them to stop because you want them to catch everything. You want them to see it, right? You want them to be able to see if you've got something going on in there. So you don't want to tell them to stop. But on the other side of it, you've got your tit stuck in a vice. I've been getting them since I was 30. Every year since I was 30. 29. I got my first one when I was 29 because I had an issue. Just take a deep breath 
and bend over. Okay, gentlemen, just it's for your own good. It's really legitimately for your own good. <coughs> yeah, I'm short. I'm five um five three. Um and um the machine only goes down so far, and it will go down far enough that, shut up, and I, that I'm not actually up on my tiptoes, but I do have to, like, I'm up a little bit off, my heel leaves the ground, because um, you you try to move into it so it won't hurt as much. I don't recommend that, Dark. Dark says in the chat room that you should get your girlfriend or wife to help you practice prostate exam. I don't recommend that because the last thing any dude wants to do is be in um, medical office and pop pop an erection for his doctor because he's associated that particular um, sensation um, with his wife. Men should definitely check their breast tissue as well for um abnormalities, um, color, just change, distortion, any kind of, I mean, it doesn't look, I mean, you know what, it's, it's a boob, dudes, even if it's not like ours, it's the same, and you can get breast cancer just as easily as a woman can, um, so the statistics are pretty low, but it can happen, and you don't want to be in that statistic, because it will kill you, it will kill you, get your shit checked, it won't, it might hurt, but it's for your own good. You know when you were little and you would get spanked and your parents would be like, oh, this is for your own good. This is actually true, though. Not that bullshit they used to tell you when you were little because it wasn't really for your own good. I never truly had a spanking that was for my own good. I firmly believe that. And I was a terrible child, so I got spanked a lot. Um, I'm going to... Do a link. If you look, um, the the daily something is facebook.com slash knickers of judgment um, slash, and it will give you um, an option to like the page, and then you can follow the page or whatever, and then you can um, be uh, you can check out um, what we got going on over there, and um, if. Uh, Um, and if you have suggestions or questions about grammar or craft, you can do a message, and one of us will respond. And um, yeah, and I will also put a link in the um, in the episode information for those of you who are on the podcast, so you can come over to the website and see it that way. Uh, but yeah, you know, Julie started it, and she's and she's actually on the phone, so I'll put her on in a minute so she can talk about it, uh, unless she doesn't want to. It's, it's totally up to her. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, it is set to 17 or above, and I don't think I actually have any people in my audience, my podcast audience, who are under 17, um, because uh, in case you missed it, I've got a foul mouth, and so do my friends. (laughs) It's the glue (laughs) that brought us all together. (laughs) Light holder, don't make me. I will go over to your site and look up all the cuss words you use. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, fuck a lot. Fuck a whole lot. That's why you dudes listen to my show. You like to hear me say dirty words in my sweet little girl voice with the southern accent. I don't know if they actually deserve um, to hear me say the word cock this evening. <laughs> I, you know, actually, I, I, I'm on the fence about which one of us has the dirtier mouth. Because um, uh, I cuss a lot. And you know, and what was really interesting about that um, Scaramucci quote, um, Steve Bannon earlier in the week, is how these people on the on the news and in the um, newsrooms and stuff were really embarrassed to even like um, talk about it. And I'm thinking, really? It was it the act or was it the language? Because. Every night on MSNBC, um, said she had to look it up because she wasn't even sure if it was possible. John Oliver is funny as hell. He had no problem saying it, but he is on HBO, and um, he made fun of everybody who couldn't say it. And I was like, really? Because I I don't have a problem saying it. I'm not trying to suck my own cock. It it isn't a problem for me. (laughs) That part, the part about who was being referenced is actually really disgusting. But I have actually watched somebody suck their own cock in a porn and, um, porno. And it really was, um, it didn't make me mad. (laughs) I don't know many men who would turn down that ability. I can't. Uh, my husband said no. He said absolutely not. And I was like, okay, dude. <laughs> sure. But apparently, statistically speaking, about 1% of men can suck their own cock. Based on photo evidence, I don't think Steve Bannon is among that 1%. <laughs> Anyways, I don't want to talk about politics, but that was really fucking funny. Auto fellatio. And, oh, yeah, I don't, but the funny part really was the way the other people, the, the news anchors were mortified to even reference it. Um, and, like, they would, like, bleep, bleep when they was, you know, and it was just, it was hilarious. It was really funny. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, liberals, get out. <laughs> Get out, explore the world, or at least fucking Google. Come on. Anyways, anyways. Oh. Anyways. Funny as hell. Um, but I really recommend that you listen to, um, that you go over to YouTube and watch the John Oliver section on, segment on it. Funny as hell. And of course, somebody brings out a link an animated GIF, I am going to click on it, but I already know what's happening in this GIF. I don't have to click on it. I already know that there is some very limber, twink boy, young man, hopefully an adult, sucking his own cock on this GIF. I'm going to click it. 
That is exactly what he's doing. Yep. <laughs> yep. <sighs> Pretty, too. Pretty. If you want that link, you should contact Lady Holder. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't message her. <laughs> do not send her emails or Facebook messages for that link. Don't do it. Just go Google. You will find it. I'm sure you won't have any problems finding it if you turned your, unless you've turned your adult filter on, and then you'll have a problem. But who, but who does that? Who does that? Sometimes I wish I had. Sometimes I'll Google something, and I'm really, um, um, that's a good way to get spanked. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I'll Google something, and I'll be like, damn, I wish I hadn't done that. It's a real haggard moment. I shouldn't have Googled that. There is a yoga move very similar to that. Um, I, You know what? I think that might transcend um, sexual orientation. I know plenty of straight men that would suck their own dick if they could. Oh, I have to click on that. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> well. <laughs> Woo. My face is all hot. <laughs> you know, this is honestly when I first set my chat room up on my website, it became like this place where we shared porn pictures. Um, it still is. If you go over there, sometimes in the middle of the night, we'll all be over there and um, sharing porn pictures. That is hot. That is actually the. That is really fucking hot. I mean, that's just like. That is, wow. Anyways, wow. Um, I was going to put Julie on so she could talk about the, the daily something. Uh, <laughs> shit, girls. Damn. Mm. Yeah, it's like my brain. Um, it had a stop. A hard. It's like a hard <laughs> reboot has happened. Um, that might have even been a blue screen of death. I don't know. You know, it's sort of like, whoa. <laughs> it's like all higher reasoning. There is stopped. this. There is this one really awesome gif um, where um, this top is just <sighs> giving it. <laughs> I mean, it's just like one big, like a, just, just like a body wave. And, and I was like, I don't, <laughs> I have to take a break. <laughs> I can't even, what? <laughs> it's like you're going, wow, dude. Yeah. Did she find, did yeah, she find it? Yeah, right there. 
Yes, she found it. It's right there. Wow. Yes. She's good I mean, but still. She knows it's my favorite. It's my favorite one. <laughs> and that's my best friend. She keeps track of my favorite porn gifts. <laughs> I'm I'm bookmarking all three of the ones tonight because they weren't even bad examples. They were all excellent. <laughs> Super excellent. That's just wow. It, yeah, look at me. Look at it. I don't even. I don't even. I, I think I'm actually jealous not to be the one underneath him. Uh huh. <laughs> I think like everybody on the planet should be jealous of that of that guy on the bottom there. Because he is having a really fucking good time. Yeah, he is. Pun intended. He is. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of hard to get over, isn't it, when you see it? It's like, holy shit. <laughs> is that guy a professional dancer? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I don't know, but I remember that tattoo. <laughs> you know, honestly, it kind of looked, it could be almost like Derek and Styles. Because you oh, know yeah, he has that, a back it, tattoo. Yeah, that could be. That has that, that they that have they have that vibe physically too. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Anyways. Lordy, I feel I feel warm. <laughs> Where's my fan? Goodness goodness gracious. <laughs> I'll fan you guys too. I'm sure you're all overheated. Okay. Speaking, take- speaking of, I don't know what speaking of, good Lord, um, tonight's required short pitch was Loki take the wheel. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've given Jesus too much work lately, and he needs a nut off. <laughs> but I'm going to go on the record and point out that I have seen a lot of people on Facebook who need Jesus. A lot of you bitches need guidance. I'm just going to say, Serious you need guidance. guidance. Serious guidance. <laughs> not you bitches, not my bitches, but other bitches. <laughs> Probably, honestly, bitches that you're related to that I see on your Facebook. <laughs> that I that I manfully refrain <laughs> from responding to. Because, oh my God. Some of the dumbass shit I've seen this week. And it's this just Tuesday. This has been that week. Oh, is it just Tuesday? Fuck. It's just Tuesday. <coughs> just Tuesday. Yep. I think I kind of rolled the weekend into the week because the weekend didn't feel like the weekend. Yeah, some people can't be let off the leash, Dark. There's a siren. Oh, my chat room froze. There's a siren, and and now um, my baby is out there howling. Lady Holder, you're just... I just got my brain rebooted. Stop it. You terrible enabler. 
Man, me in the chat room aren't friends this evening. He keeps locking up on me. <clears throat> oh, foo. So, Knickers is judgment. Daily something. Oh, anyway, so I sometimes Kira posts, like, you know, tips, pro tip, don't do this, do that, this is a good thing, and I tend to have my little grammar rant sometimes. I thought, you know, I'm just going to write up some people. We're going to do a page. Because I sometimes I want so I started by you know calling it like daily grammar and I'm like no nah, it doesn't quite cover it because what if I want to rant and I was like well daily this no nah, it doesn't work about it. I'm not supposed to call it the daily something that way it covers anything I can do whatever the fuck I want <laughs> and um <laughs> and then I, I had put I had created the the splash screen for the thing which was I put brought to you by the knickers of judgment on it just as a joke but when I was having to put do the web address for the page every version of daily something that I could come up with was taken. So I said, fuck it, and I typed in Knickers <laughs> of Judgment. Boom, it was available. I was like, yes, <laughs> it must be. <laughs> but, you know, the idea was just to kind of give a place people could go ask questions if they had questions about craft, because people were kind of sometimes confused about, we had a discussion, I don't even remember where, what the context was, about, you know, what is, what are elements of style, and aside from the actual book called The Elements of Style, which is, that's what it is, it's a book. But, you know, what are the elements of style, and what does it mean, and what does it mean to develop your own style versus, and I posted something a little snarkily earlier about where I said um, that, what did I say? I can't remember, I can't remember myself. Wrong is not a style choice, it's just wrong. Because um, I was talking to somebody, and they said, I said, well, you know, this 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 thing, this thing you did was, they asked me about something. I said, well, this thing you did was not okay. This was wrong. I, I mean, I, did, I was nice about it. I'm usually nice except for that one time, that one notable exception where I was not nice, and it was it was not an intentional not nice. And they said, oh, well, that's just my style. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. Wrong facts is not a style. Wrong just completely wrong spelling. It's not a style choice. Now, in dialogue, you can have funky things like that. But in your narrative, you can't. And then and then you get the response back, you know, well, I'm not interested in being published. And then I just kind of make the mental masturbation. You know, I start jerking off my scalp, and I'm like, you know, shut up. Then why are you even talking to me? Why are you, if you really don't care to that degree, um, then why are you asking questions? For help. Right. Why are you asking for help? Why are you why are you researching? Why are you doing any of that? I don't understand. If you don't if everything you do wrong is your own style and you don't care about being published which is fine, not everybody wants to be published. I have no judgment about that at all. But if that's your kind of mentality is that you don't care about your mistakes because you have no interest in being published, I just am kinda of like, oh, shut up. Then why are you wasting my fucking time? Exactly. Why are you wasting my time? But yeah, I come back to out. <laughs> there you go. But it comes back to wrong is not a style choice. You're just choosing to be wrong, and that's if you, you know whatever. Just quit quit talking to me about it. Because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pat somebody on the head and give them validation for choosing to to, to not improve. This is what I imagine looks was is, is what's happening under kilts. Oh, 
Oh, some I people. Ask, I, I had somebody ask for help last week. That is what I think is going on under kills. I, it's just something I, I actually didn't want to think about. Um, but I had somebody asking for help. I think it was a week ago, but the days are blurring together. Everything I pointed out to them, oh, I know that. Oh, I know that. Oh, I know that. I knew that already. I knew that already. I knew that already. And they had to respond to every single thing I pointed out that was a problem with, I knew that. I'm going to get to that at the end. I know that. I know that. I'm like, well, why did you fix your shit before you sent it to me? And, you know, and then in the future, send me the list of all the shit you know is wrong so that I don't waste my time typing it up, you know. Since you know. Since you know. Since you know. Since you know. Yeah, why didn't you fix it to begin with? I'm like, you have no period. They, they, I mentioned that, you know, I said, you know, there's a quirky thing. That there's, like, there's no period at the end of any of your paragraphs. Like any of them. I, I don't know. Just, just, the, just the last sentence in the paragraph, and none of them had, had punctuation. Oh, I, I, yeah, I'll fix that later. I know. Okay. <laughs> you know, you, you, you don't have, you know... You don't have your opening quote marks on continuing dialogue. Oh, I, I, I know. I'll fix that later. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Fuck you. I unfriend you. <laughs> I'm like, quit asking for help and go back to where I ignore you like I ignore everyone else. I tell people. I, give people, it, I tell people the best advice I can give you as, as someone who has – edited and written so many words I don't think I could count them is when in doubt with a comma leave it out it is easier to infer a comma than it is to take one out mentally that completely doesn't belong there you can get a complicated sentence with no, trust me on this I'm going to do it on the daily something you put a compl- complex sentence up with no commas in it you will be able to infer what's going on you put a complex sentence in, up with every comma misplaced you're going to be confused as fuck. And that's the truth. <laughs> if you don't know, don't do it. Now, I misplace commas. Everybody does. I'm not saying my commas are perfect because I fuck it up in my own writing. But I don't – there's some commas, some common mistakes I never make because I, I know not to put a comma there because it, there's just no content context where that comma is okay. And people just – it's like commas. Just because you took a breath doesn't actually mean you need a comma. It just meant that you ran out of air. <laughs> anyway, so yes. Yeah, so when in doubt, when I was younger, I had a love affair with the semicolon. I fucking love the semicolon. <laughs> um, um, I, first it's time, still my favorite piece of punctuation. Edited, first time I'm being edited professionally. Um, there was one semicolon in the whole fucking book, and the editor wanted to remove it. I said, is it wrong? Well, no. I said, is it against the style guide? Well, no. Then why do you want to remove it? Are you prejudiced against semicolons? (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, they're really annoying. I was like, well, it's my book. And it's not inaccurate. You've already said that. It's like it's a stall guide. So I want to keep it. <laughs> I like my semicolon. She, and she bought me on it. And it went to the publisher. And the publisher was like, let her fucking keep her semicolon. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? It's accurate. 
it's it's not she didn't use it wrong. It's it's, it's one thing to <clears throat> use it wrong, but when you're using it right, you should. It's a perfectly legitimate piece of punctuation. I should be able to fucking use it whenever I want to, accurately. And sometimes a semicolon is necessary. Because it creates, it goes back to pace, which is one of my favorite things to manipulate in my narrative. And when you were, one of the ways you create pace, and I've discussed this before, is that you write short sentences and long sentences. You write complex sentences, you write compound sentences, and sometimes you write with a semicolon because it helps you create pace when your when your when your when your sentences are short and sharp you're going to move really fast through a paragraph but when you break that those short sentences up and put a long complex sentence in the middle of it it slows you down it is this is this, this is a narrative tool now if you don't know how to use this particular tool be careful yeah. One of the things people talk about with um, Lantean Legacy is how big it feels and for being how short it is. It's, it's, it's like 50K, but practically everybody coming out of it was like, this seems really a lot longer than um, – and it's packed full of information. I don't know how you did it in this short word count, the economics, and it boils down to two things. One, word economics, and two – pacing. My pacing and my sentence structure, there are probably more compound sentences in Lantean Legacy than in anything else I've ever written um, for the word length because that was the way I made it feel bigger. That was the expansion. That's why when you read it, it's a really full experience because of the way I've structured paragraphs and structured sentences and structured the scenes to create that illusion of length, but also minding my word economics. So when you look at word economics and you look at um, how you create pace and how you pace your novel and your story, um, and when, especially you know when you're, when you're forced into a box, by a publisher and you say, okay, my word count is 50,000 words and it cannot be more. But you've got 75K story to tell. How do you do it? Your word economics, your pacing, and your dialogue. These are your tools for getting around that tight word count and creating the story that you want to tell in a smaller amount of space. You should guys see my hands. I'm like all over the place. I'm sitting here nodding, nodding, nodding. Some... <laughs> and but yeah, because everybody talks about how big Lantean Legacy feels emotionally and intellectually, but then recognizing that it's actually one of the shorter um, completed projects on my store um, on, on my site that isn't an actual short story. I want to kind of give a caveat to something. Sometimes people take things super literally. Um, Go ahead, yeah. And the thing I think might, and I'm 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 inferring here. I'm I'm I may be not reading you wrong, but usually when people talk about short sentences to pull you through a paragraph, they usually mean one subject, one verb, one clause, not like five words. Because what I've seen people do is 
when they're trying to improve their pace is you get a bunch of four, five, six-word sentences strung together. And what that does is when, that actually creates monotonous pace because instead of being quick and brisk, it's choppy. And it feels like – so you can yeah. pull people – you can pull people real quick through by not giving – complex sentences, but it doesn't mean you give few word sentences. And there's a difference. Yeah, so, I'm not talking about short sentences or choppy sentences. It's um but anytime you do anything the same over and over and over again, so if you give twenty sentences in a row that are five to six words, that is not going to be a quick pace. It's going to feel choppy. And and Kind of like reading over gravel. It, it, it has a very uh, 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 kind of feel to it. You know, like you're driving. Yeah. Like, yeah. why aren't you breaking this up? Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Yeah, and so it, you're right. I should not phrase it that way because people would take me absolutely literally. Um, well, I, I don't know what mean, you meant, but I mean, I'm not sentence. sure everybody would know what you meant. I mean, a simple sentence. Um, uh, that probably doesn't help either. <laughs> One one subject, I, one verb, making one point. Yeah. You, usually. I mean, you're talking Avoiding about a clause. Using the word mean, and. Uh, don't yeah. use the word and. Don't use the word which or however or anything. Pound sentence. Because a compound sentence will lengthen your pace. Which you might want. And sometimes you want to vary it. it I mean, you might want right. to. You, you switch them, right. you go. Sometimes you flow in and out. And actually, that's usually a good narrative tool. Should go from shorter sentence to longer sentence. And sometimes when somebody is too choppy, the easy fix is you slap in a comma and put in the word "and," or you add a, a descriptive clause or something like that. It's just to, and it, you make one sentence long and then or the next sentence short. Or you use a semicolon. <laughs> or you use a semicolon. It works too. Because when you, that's exactly what you. And now the semicolon should only join sentences that are tightly related. Independent clauses that are tightly related. They show they have a tight connection to each other. So, like, I went to the store, semicolon, I bought ice cream. Those two things have a very tight relationship. It's actually a terrible example. Normally we'd say I went to the store and bought ice cream. But it's a terrible example of why you yeah, use semicolon. Yeah, that would be more of a compound sentence, which would be I went to the store, comma, and I bought ice cream, Right. Yeah, except that since the, since the subject is the same in both clauses, and they're both subjects, not one's not an object, you would just say, I went to the store and bought ice cream. No compound sentence. You have a dependent but, clause. But you could separate, I mean, but, 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 but they, but, separate them into separate sentences, then you, then you had a compound sentence. You can. It's just sometimes, sometimes you don't – sometimes when you, when you make a compound sentence, I went to the store, I bought ice cream – when you put them together and you put the comma and the and in between them and you put the coordinating conjunction, if the subject of both clauses is the same, you can take out the and, the second subject, and the comma, and it still is. You leave in the and, you take out the comma and the second subject. So it's, I went to the store and bought ice cream. But one subject. I mean, one sentence. Take the I out. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now, I went to the store, comma, and he bought ice cream. Bob bought ice cream. Would You would always have to use the comma. But... If the subject of both is the Wouldn't same... Wouldn't it be we went to the store and Bob bought ice cream? Yes, typically, yeah. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, it's like, did you pick up a Bob? <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> this anyway, is the, the point of is, we kind of have. 
<laughs> yeah, but it, sometimes, but the point is, is that when you join something with a semicolon, they should be tightly related clauses. So if you're talking about you going to the store, you can't just join it to, to any short sentence because you want to create better pace with a semicolon. It has to be joined to a clause, a, sen- a, a short sentence that is tightly related contextually to you going to the store. I mean, that's just the way semicolons work. You can't just stick it between two short sentences. Any two short sentences doesn't say that that's the correct usage because semicolons imply a tighter relationship between the clauses than you would get with a period. But if you don't know how to use them, this is always the rule. If you don't know how to use them, don't. Or practice if you've got a friend who's a good beta and say they'll tell you if you got it right or if you've got it wrong. And you just keep practicing. I don't know if Grammarly gets semicolons right. We should test um, it. it. It actually, when it suggests, it's suggested I put in semicolons a few times. I was kind of startled. Um, and it's been right every time it suggests that I can put one in. So... Azure booms into the room <laughs> with a pouring gift. Um, so, but yeah, that that's what um, the daily something is about. It's just us um, throwing out stuff like that um, with yep. examples and thought out examples. Favorite. I actually don't like the term grammar Nazi. I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but I just it's just a personal thing. I don't like it um, because um, it. Um, if there weren't people particular about grammar and punctuation, um, none of you bitches would have anything good to read. You know, that's well, just... What I would just, say I, is that I don't like to be called any kind of Nazi. Yeah, well, there's that too. Because Nazis murdered millions of people, and I'd rather not be associated with that. Yeah. But it also, aside from the obvious Nazi the Nazi connotation, which is really kind of, which is offensive, but it bothers me when people kind of use you know, that it's negative to be particular about grammar. I don't run around correcting people's grammar. I'm not one of those people who, you know, stops people in the middle of a conversation and tells them, um, you have to, um, you said that wrong or whatever. I don't do that because it's rude. But, you know, we have good stories to read because there are people out there who understand, you know, books to buy. Not I mean, I don't mean, I don't mean fan fiction necessarily, but we have books that are buy to buy that are solid, have solid craft and are well edited. Because there are people who are particular about learning the ins and outs of language and how to properly punctuate. So, um, I might call myself a grammarist, but I would never call myself a grammar Nazi. It's just a rude fucking term. I'm not picking on you who said it in the chat room. Um, I just, I've always found the idea of being called any sort of Nazi really super offensive. Like that whole feminazi thing with that cow. I don't want to say his name. <laughs> that terrible Republican pundit they called feminist feminazis. Uh Anyways, 
But I'm not sure if you if somebody wants to self-identify that way. Actually, I'm just I'm not trying to be judgmental about anybody else's thing. I'm just saying that it's a term that I have had people call me that. I've had people I was betaing for who called me a grammar Nazi. I mean, that's a sure uh, way to beta for their ass. Okay, well, I don't need to beta for you anymore. Have you ever beta something and then wished they wouldn't put your name on it? <laughs> I've actually told somebody to take my name off their beta credit. I'm like, yeah, I'm not. The lady holder saying, yep, yep. I'm not. <laughs> normally, one of the things I tell people when I beta for them is that I'm not attached to my own opinion. Um, if you disagree with me, do your own thing. And I almost feel like I need to add a caveat to that because I'm not attached to my own opinion when it um, comes to, if I say, if I give you feedback about characterization or about plot or about pacing and you disagree with me, I don't care. If I tell you to take a comma out because it's flat out wrong and you leave 50 or 100 examples of that bad comma in your story, I honestly feel like, and you put my name on it, I'm attached to that opinion. I'm going to ask you to take my name off. <laughs> I'm not being cunty, but I mean, I don't want people to go, wow, I'm really surprised that Jilly baited this. Normally her shit's in better shape than this. Because they do. <laughs> if you think people haven't written me about a beta that they thought was like, wow, I'm really surprised you baited this story, I'm like, shut up. Usually, I did have some time to write me that was one who. Usually the stuff you made is in really good shape. And I was like, <sighs> I have no control over what happens after I turn it over. Did it cut off just for me or did it cut off you guys too? Huh? That cut off. I didn't, I didn't hear anything you just said. <laughs> oh, I said that um, I was contacted once about um, a beta, a story that had my name on it as beta. And they said normally the stuff you beta is um, in much better shape than this. And I was just like, what they do with it after I turn it over, I have no control over. You don't get to judge me for this. <laughs> Blog Talk does not want me to hear this. Because <laughs> it, it cuts you off again. Cut me off again? Yes. Of course. I mean, maybe it's just me. Is it just me, you guys? Fucking. They don't want you to hear maybe about it. Maybe it is just me. Chat room's all broken and shit. <clears throat> Anyway, you'll have to listen to the replay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I will. <laughs> I don't even know. I would hear a popping sound and then it would go. I mean, my shit's all plugged in and stuff. <clears throat> it's a bad noise night. But yes, we started the daily but, uh, thing about about to do just to give a place to drop, you know, and um, to, to one of my favorite, we, I kind of like, um, uh, the deadly word duos is one of my favorites um, about word confusion. Even sometimes, if I don't personally get the word confusion, I will still. If you write me and you tell me that these are confusing words. 
I will put it up. Hello? Are you there? I'm here. Are you there? I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? My Skype keeps... Can you hear me? I can. I can hear her. Okay. (laughs) We're like a Verizon commercial. Can you hear me now? (laughs) Except he works for Sprint now. (laughs) That's awkward. (laughs) Well, his job apparently was done at Verizon, so he moved on. <laughs> they, they they wouldn't give him any more money, Continu- you know, or something. They're like, you, you can't have a pay raise. Continuing his quest to ensure we can all hear him. Earlier this evening, I was um, trying to articulate why I was having a problem with the story that I was reading. Um, and... Um, I keep going back to it on AO3 and trying to read it, and then I have to stop. And then I realized um, I actually have a problem um, with secondhand embarrassment. Um, I hate to see somebody humiliated, um, and uh, I hate to see somebody in a deeply uncomfortable situation to the point where if I see it on TV and I don't have control of the remote and I can't fast forward through it, I will get up and leave the room uh, because it's so uncomfortable. That's why I don't really enjoy a lot of comedies built on physical humiliation or just, you know, just humiliation all across the board because it makes me deeply, deeply uncomfortable. And um, uh, I... Uh, realize this particular story um there were scenes in it that if i was that character i would be deeply utterly mortified and that's why i was having a hard time reading it because well the character wasn't acting humiliated i was humiliated on their behalf and so i had to stop reading <laughs> And we talked about this a little bit because we both were having the same re- problem reaction to the story, and I couldn't articulate why I was so uncomfortable with it. Because um, normally, when I have that problem with the secondhand embarrassment thing, the humiliation is very overt, like the character is being obviously humiliated, and then I get really uncomfortable, and I can spot it. But in this, because the characters were okay with the scenario, I wasn't catching why I was uncomfortable. But it was, it was just like, oh my god, this is what is wrong with this, and it's. It just and some people really apparently like that. So it's wrong, maybe not the right word, but for me it was a very emotionally uncomfortable. Um, I'm like, oh my god, because I, you know, a little bit. I wanted to get up and leave my office, and, and that's when I realized I wanted to actually get up and walk away from my computer instead of reading it. And I was like, that, oh god, it, <laughs> that's the same reason. I, it's the same reason I can't watch Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> it's like, how is this not bothering you? I mean, I should have, I should, you know, when, when you're, when you're, when you're reading your story through two fingers, you know, you got your hands over your eyes and you're reading it through two fingers like you're watching a horror movie, but you're not. That should be, that should have been my clue, you know, like, what, what thing is going to happen now that is going to make me deeply uncomfortable? Oh no. And that's the reaction I have when Tony acts 
super out of character, at least in my opinion, where he gets, like, throws tantrums in the bullpen and stuff. And you saying that tonight really helped me clarify that in my mind. Is That's why I dislike it so much is because I'm embarrassed for him, even though he's not embarrassed in the, in the, in the story, because it's like, why why aren't you embarrassed to be behaving that way? <laughs> I would be. Personally, I hate a public spectacle. Yeah. Um, I um I hate surprises. I hate birthday party surprises. Um, I hate being. I hate um the worst part. The absolute worst part of group therapy is introducing yourself. Uh yes. And then, and then when they go around in the circle and make you talk about, oh, fuck you, there's nothing interested about me. <laughs> there's nothing interesting. I'm so boring. I just want to say that or when you're a new student and you have to stand up in front of the whole class and be introduced, it was, oh, God, I hate that. I fucking hate that. Oh. It drives me nuts. Now, some characters I can read, and they can have an emotional breakdown or have a big screaming fit that's a spectacle, and it will resonate for me as being appropriate in character. And I, you know, I probably would personally be uncomfortable if I were in the room, but it doesn't throw me the way where I think it's when it's out of character. And then I just am, like, cringing on that character's behalf, and I don't know what to do with it. When I was heavy into the writing of Ties That Bind, someone sent me an email and asked me um, to write um, one of the – he, she, I have no idea who it was. So I don't know. Their their name and fandom wasn't gender-specific, okay? Um, so I wasn't saying a he, she as in, you know, like a dirty, slang, ugly word, um, but just someone I had no idea what their sex is. Okay. Anyway, this person <laughs> asked he slash me to write – He hyphen she. Right. Ask me to write humiliation because it was their biggest kink. And I told no. them absolutely fucking not. Uh, and um, she said, well, it's not heat, whatever. So it wasn't, ab- it isn't abusive if it's mutually um, agreed upon. I don't care. I can't write it ever. Ever. Because, you know, it's like, if I were negotiating a scene, humiliation is a hard limit. It just is, which means it doesn't matter what people in the next play space are doing, how humiliating that scene is. I don't care that you've got this enormous biker-looking dude in a pink tutu with a chihuahua. I don't want to have anything to do with it. They can do their thing. It's a hard limit for me. That's and also that was, why I have a hard time with pony play and baby play. Because I think those things are humiliating. Um, I find it very humiliating, and I just I just can't do it. I just can't. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to read it. And I definitely don't ever want to fucking write it. <clears throat> yeah, that brings up kind of tangentially an issue. We've sort of talked. We've talked about this several times, but it bears repeating. Is it? Huh. Trying to see how it says. No one needs to validate your opinion or your preferences. 
no one. If you like it, you like it. That's fine. Um, if somebody else, but someone else not liking it is not an invalidation of you. And I see this kind of weird push-pull, especially in fandom, of you don't like my kink, let me change your mind. And or not even let you me don't change like your mind, my pairing. Let me change your mind. And this is this, and instead of just going, okay, you don't, your kink is not my kink, and that's okay. Instead of going there, which is I swear, you know, it's just sort of where I thought the world was, is we go to this place of let me defend my kink, and it's like I didn't say you were wrong. I said I don't like it, and I don't have to, you know, and. There definitely, but there definitely is a, you know, please, like, and I don't know if it's a validation thing or or I, I don't want to be out on this limb alone or I don't know what it is, but there are plenty of people who are going to be in the same boat as you. You don't need everybody to jump in that boat. <clears throat> and it needs to be okay that people just have different preferences. So if Kira doesn't like and want to write a humiliation scene, and Kira responds, I would not write humiliation, the response would just be okay, as opposed to, but it's all right if they both agree to it, as opposed to non-consensual humiliation. I didn't think that's what you were asking for. Because we call that like hazing, you know? And that's not <laughs> definitely not okay. I, it, and it, it, I was ask for a lot of things um, in ties that bind that um, I would never do, um, including um, sounding, which I pretty much put in the very first episode wasn't going to ever happen. At least not between John and Rodney. Um, and they're the most severe players that I that I feature in ties that bind. And if anybody was going to do that kind of shit, it would be them. Um I was asked um, for, I mean, some things that I asked for, it was it was like, okay, you know, wax, you know, candle wax, eh, okay, okay, that's just not, you don't, <laughs> this one woman said that she couldn't believe I was riding an extreme um, masochist, but I wasn't exploring um, candle wax, and I said, I think you need to redefine what you consider an extreme masochist. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> because candle wax is not it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, seriously. If you think pouring candle wax on somebody is a extreme form of sadism, you need to redefine your No, it's not. That is actually really amateurish play. I mean, I've done it. It's fine. It's cool. I mean, it's it's, it's a really hot, kind of tight, sharp brief pain. <laughs> It's very brief, and it is very beginner. And um, I, did, I, I did that shit in college. I, it's, it's just it's not the something that the vanilla couple who who don't have any BDSM gear do. Yeah, I have. I've I've never seen anybody in a dungeon. Well, I've seen candles in a dungeon, but I've never seen anybody in a dungeon actually using wax. I'm sure it's happened. I just haven't seen it. But I mean, I I have I I saw a, one on stage once. But it, but it was more of an art display because they had all these different color candles, and he poured wax all over her and these and these um these 
beautiful waves of colors and kind of turned her into a, a piece of art. But that was more, and that wasn't really even, I mean, after a certain point, she wasn't feeling it because she was covered in wax. So this, is, this, this, this was not a um, uh, sadomasochism display. It was just um, him putting his really beautiful submissive on display for, um, for, um, for everybody else that was um, in the in the facility. It's a, it's and she like was absolutely in that way. fucking go- gorgeous. I mean, she was absolutely gorgeous. And... Um, then he he rubbed the wax off of her and fucked her like a boss, and that was great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it wasn't masochism, and it definitely was not sadism. It was a really sensual display of, of care. But it's but that's not that's a thing that that was part of their thing, not the not not the masochism because she didn't hurt. But if you think candle wax is extreme, then bless your heart. (laughs) That's just not, that's just not accurate. (laughs) Even things that sometimes look extreme, um, or you might think are extreme, are actually more, they're more in terms of, they're, they're, they're higher up on the sadomasochistic scale just because of the psychological intensity, not because of the actual pain involved. For instance, um, almost anything related to fire play, because you never want to actually create, you don't actually have to burn anybody. And unless you're actually burning somebody, you're not really getting high on the pain scale. So it's not about the the masochism so much as the the psychological intensity of it. Because we used to do this thing with with a special kind of flogger that you would soak it and soak, soak the flails in alcohol. And then, I mean, you'd have to have the person in a very specific position. There's lots of safety protocols. And then you light the flogger on fire, and you flog the person with this flaming flogger, okay? Not a lot of pain, actually, other than the actual strikes to the flogger. But it's psychologically very intense because somebody is flogging you with a flaming bunch of rope, basically. I've seen that so, done. I've always wanted to experience it, but the the – the dom that I had at the time wasn't um, particularly good with a flogger, so there's no way in hell I would have let them set one on fire and use it on me. <laughs> they could be good with a flogger and be good with fire. Um, so it's like, it's yeah, fire, the danger element of fire brings it up, but candle wax does not bring the danger element up. So that's one of the why more intense not, emotional experiences I ever had was a violent wand, and it wasn't a pain. Um, the violent wand, which is one of the reasons why I have not featured in Ties at Bind, is not... Um, profoundly painful. It, it isn't a. It, it 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 never made my endorphins rush. It it, it was never particularly arousing. Um, but used, it 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 can be psychologically enticing. Electricity. Um, yeah. it, it can give you a little buzz, but it's not pain. It, it's it's not the kind of pain um, that I explored in Ties at Bond with Rodney. And while John does have one, and it was mentioned, and I used that whip that had current in it, um, but the real pleasure that they got out of that whip was the pain that it delivered, not the, elect- um, the electric current. The electric current was more of a psychological display, which is why they used it in public. That's a, that was more, um, that fucking word just fell right out of my head, exhibitionism, than it was, um, masochism or sadism. 
one of the I mean, somebody says you have, to, so you have to know that somebody's watching out for you. I've never done fire flogging where I didn't have two safety people. So the safety elements when you're dealing with fire and with some of the more extreme forms of play that may not be that painful but they have a high psychological element can actually be really tedious because the actually I would think the most one of the most extreme not the most one of the most extreme scenes I ever witnessed was also the most boring. If you, it takes a long time for somebody to do flesh hooks and suspend somebody from the ceiling, a really, really, really long time. And by the time they got her up there, I was just like in a coma. I mean, you know, this is super intense, and it was a super intense experience for her. I think it took like three and a half hours to get through the whole all the hooks placed. Because basically you're talking about temporary piercing, right? A lot of temporary piercing placed in exactly the right position, the exact right muscle depth, in the, you know, with the exact right gauge needles for the part of the body. And then you've got to get the, you know, the balance on the ropes right. And it is such a snooze fest to watch. But, I mean, that's an incredibly masochistic experience. But writing that would be really boring. I mean, it I would be, going to, yeah. It's terrible. It would be terrible. Even watching terrible to watch. it. It's just such a snooze. I mean, by the time they got done, people kind of were there at the beginning, like everybody's like really excited, like really watching, and then you know they get like a half an hour in, and they got like two hooks placed, and you're like, hmm, maybe I'll go have a snack. <laughs> I'll come back <laughs> I'll have and a get snack. Ready. We'll come back, and you check back in half an hour. It's like, oh, not much more progress. Okay, maybe we'll go play. And when we were having, we were doing like we were, we were going off in other areas and having whole scenes and going through recovery period and coming down and going back. They're still not done. Okay, who else wants to play? Go off and play. Have another spanking over here, caning over there, come back. Oh, they're still not done. <laughs> you know, it's just, no. But for the woman who experienced that, that was an intensely masochistic experience, a very submissive experience, too. Um, it was super intense for her for the entire period of time that that was going on. And her dom oh, was yeah, very sure. focused. The people he had helping him were very focused. They were all super focused. And for the people involved in that scene, it was a thing. For everybody witnessing it, it's just something that's not great for exhibition. I did um, play piercing in Ties at Bind with Sean and Declan. Um, and Sean appeared in an exhibition with the pe- with, with the play piercing already done. Play play piercing um, is a little quicker than um, what Jilly is describing, um, and it's um, actually really, um, from a masochism point of view, it is delicious. It is. I had a corset done my junior year of college, um, and uh, I uh, I wore it to a club, and it was. Um, it was laced, um, and oh God! Get, to be perfectly honest, I came three times while while he was putting those needles in. <laughs> I'm gonna post an image so for you folks, this, but don't don't if you're squeamish about needles, don't look at it. I was so high on endorphins that I didn't need to drink. Oh, Lady Holder and I went to let's see what she picked. Mine had loops um, in the needles, kind of like the um, one that Lady Holder did, that posted. 
Mine had loops. And it was done with um, uh, red ribbon, and it was beautiful, and I, I didn't want to take it out. Because <laughs> it was so lovely. And every time he would kind of, like, pull on the ribbon a little bit, oh, just thinking about it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. It was lovely. Lovely. Just having a moment. Um, I am. I was wow. Um oh there were some people when I was first writing ties at Bind that um uh thought um Rodney's um reaction to um to pain was not authentic. Um, and I was like, Have you ever actually seen anything like this um or do you only read bdsm so have you ever been in a scene have you ever been dominated have you ever topped somebody Uh, 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 anything (laughs) because his reactions are not extreme they are actually um pretty close to my own i'm not saying he's a self-insert because he's not because rodney had um um Roddy's masochism is actually a little bit more extreme than my own. Um, and I explored fantasies in Ties That Bind that I would never have let, that I never allowed anybody to do to me. Um, I never tolerated complete bondage because I have control issues um, and I have um, OCD. And so in order to keep myself from being triggered and having a panic attack, I never allowed complete bondage. Um, but it's a fantasy. Because when you approach a scene personally, um, and you're going to involve yourself in this, and you, you you have to be responsible for your own psychological issues and triggers and and let them be known and know what your hard limits are, because otherwise you're just setting yourself up to be hurt. And I don't just mean physically. Oh, and some man wrote me and told me once that uh, a men couldn't have dry orgasms. And I said, I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> dude, dude. Are you fucking serious? You need to get out more. <clears throat> I did write John as as um, my fantasy come true as far as a, a dom goes. Um, that is exactly what I would want. Exactly what I would want. Because when I wrote Ties at Bond, it was for me. It was for me privately. I had really no intention of ever sharing it. So I injected a lot of my own wants into into it. Um, what I would want to see, what I'd want to experience. Um, just, you know, at least when it comes to the sex. Yeah, it's because like you mentioned earlier that you... Um, you wouldn't write sounding. I think I would write sounding, um, but like if I were if I were doing more and interjecting my own style and preference, I'd just be setting everything on fire. And I actually would never write fire play. Um, so it's just one of those. I mean, I might mention it, but I don't think I'd ever actually write a scene. Um, 
I think I think but my I, desire I think, for fireplay is what's happening in Soulmate Bond with Hermione <laughs> in the fire. Right? I wouldn't want because people I running out setting themselves on fire. I know, right? <laughs> That's I I I didn't write sounding I I don't find it particularly um sexy to watch. Um and I think that probably um as exp- as profound as Rodney's pain kinks are in ties that bind, um he probably realistically should enjoy sounding. But um as a I just um one thing I've wanted to write that I have not written is figging. Well, I look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> there is a really fucking extremely hot figging fic in the Incep- in the Inception fandom. Oh, you gotta link me up. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will. I'll, I'll find it. Wow. Um, Arthur um, figs. Uh, um, Ames ties him to a bed. Oh my Jesus! <laughs> wow, I've never had figging either. You know, it can be done. To, it can obviously be done to a woman as well. But I've, I've never had it. I'm I'm not sure I could. Um... Dick Dick figging is a little bit different than anal figging. Anal figging is a little bit more commonplace. You gotta be. You gotta be. Like Hardcore. it's like taking it's like taking it up a few notches on the masochism scale to put ginger in your urethra in your urethra. That is just I mm, uh uh-uh. uh. I thought about writing it, but you know. Let me I'm, tell you, I'm going to confess my re- my refreshing experience. Mm. Oh, is this a soap? Yeah, this is a soap. Oh, okay, Lordy. ladies, ladies. Ladies, okay. Um, my, my masochism is, is is obviously not something that I hide. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this. Um, I had bought this soap, this peppermint soap for my breast, um, because I have uh polycystic ovarian syndrome, and sometimes um my my the skin on my breast gets a little weird. So um my mom suggested that I use this peppermint soap, um, and it really helped, and it, the the skin got soft, and um, the 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 one spot I was thought I was developing a skin tag went away. So yay, awesome! Um, the girls look great. They smell even better. They smell like candy, um, which my husband appreciates. Um, and um, but the other day I get in um, the shower, and there were two little bottles, one that was peppermint soap and one that was not. And I grabbed the wrong bottle and I put it on my my bath squishy thing. What do you call those? Poofies. I I put it on my bath my bath poofy. And it, I got it all lathered up and I realized what I had done. And I thought, fuck it. I just washed the whole deal with this peppermint soap. And this is a natural peppermint soap. This is not like this this shit was fifteen dollars for ten ounces. This is the real deal. This is not pepper it mm. Okay, so I wash my girl parts with peppermint soap. You know that feeling you get when you use um, Listerine in your mouth? You know, that that really brisk, sharp, uh, cool, stunning feeling you have in your mouth? Yeah, I got that on my my hoo-ha. 
So my Adama Shua. It was cool. It it was breathtaking. She she tells you that she calls it. That's those are the words she used. Cool, breathtaking, refreshing, <laughs> even. And mind you, I have no frame of reference for this because I have a mint allergy. So mint is like acid as far as I'm concerned. So she's telling me she washed her lady parts with peppermint soap. And I've got my legs clenched together so tight, I'm surprised I was ever able to prime apart. I'm surprised they didn't like spontaneously fuse. <laughs> it was brisk. And then, you, and then you gave me that analogy. She's like, it's like Listerine, which Listerine for me, I mean, it makes me cry. And I go to the dentist and they'd have me switch with Listerine, and I would cry. It's that bad. Because it's this spearmint or peppermint, and I would just be in tears because this stuff is terrible. Like my whole face would burn. And so you just tell them it's like Listerine, like that feeling of Listerine, but on your hoo-ha. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make it any better. That's worse. Now you give me a frame of reference. Ew, why would you do that to yourself? And you're and you're just like, oh, it was just very refreshing. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I you had an acid bath. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? Um, it, it, it wasn't um, particularly painful. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to doing it again. I'm just, you know. If you do find mint refreshing in your mouth, you might find it refreshing on your hoo-ha. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and 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 then that night, you know, if it, if it's actually like a peppermint essential oil that is making your your mint body wash or your mint soap minty and and the man goes down, you can be like, "Honey, why are you minty fresh?" <laughs> <laughs> like just for you, baby. <laughs> Why, you know, honey, I understand that your tits smell like candy. Why does your pussy smell like candy? <laughs> same soap, same soap. <laughs> soap, soap, soap. Soap. Well, how come I say cock out loud, and, but I whispered pussy? What was that? I have no idea. You've never had to say pussy before. I said, you have to say cunt <laughs> at least three times now between now and the end of the show. You, you're because you're in a penalty box. I was actually about my pussy, and that's different than talking about pussy in general. That's it. I'm still still cunt three times between now and the end of the show. <laughs> I got forty minutes. What did Lady Holder do? Every time I click on a gif, the chat room freezes on me. That's what's happening. You need to quit quit gifting. Well, I can't help but click because there's always something interesting on the other side of that link. Oh, she, this one's got a geesh. Oh, i got to look at other geeshes. Ah, uh, that's a little bit too much <laughs> geeshing. <laughs> Did you watch John Oliver last night? I mean, Sunday night? I don't know what fucking day it is. Did you watch John Oliver Sunday night? I did not, no. Oh. Oh. I don't actually have HBO. I have to wait for him to hit the internet. Oh, dude, there's this thing with that area. (laughs) (laughs) I love John Oliver, though. He cracks me the fuck up. I'm showing what the perineal area is. Oh, yes. Wait, yes, I did see that. I saw that on um, YouTube. And then he's like a rub. Did you see the the bit after that where he has the fake scientist come in and the guy is showing the the John Oliver salt wipes and he's rubbing (laughs) 
I almost fell out of my chair. I was laughing so hard. Now, by the way, folks, for those of you who have seen it, those assault wipes that they talk about at the end of this episode, they are for sale on for HBO.com. They are a million dollars, and all the money goes to Doctors Without Borders. So if you have a spare million, for starters, <laughs> kick some money rough trades way to help offset the cost of hosting. But second of all, go buy yourself the John Oliver assault wipes. Because <laughs> all the money goes to Doctors Without Borders, and it will amuse the fuck out of everyone. <laughs> I can't believe HBO put that in their store, though. So you go to the site that he gives you, and it re- you click on the link to buy now, and it redirects you to HBO store. And then they give you this thing. It's like if you if you click to purchase this, we will charge your debit card one million dollars, your credit or debit card one million dollars. All the proceeds will go to Doctors Without Borders. It's like, oh, that's hilarious, John Oliver. You're my hero. You remember that time he made his own religion and actually got donations? Yeah, they shut it down when he started getting sperm. Um, <laughs> and but he gave all the money. He gave all the. He always gives all the money for these things. Um, uh, he called them assault wipes. They're per, per, just for the perineum, just the per, perineal area. Um, but it, it, it's Speaking. contextual to, to the to the thing he was talking about. But um, speaking of wipes, I found dude wipes in my husband's drawer where where he keeps his wallet and his um, keys. What is that supposed to mean? Dude wipes, like baby wipes for dudes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, "Are you kidding me?" He said, "Well, he said the toilet paper at work was cheap." <laughs> <laughs> Cheap toilet paper is terrible. It that's is terrible. terrible. It is terrible. Dude wipes. Dude wipes. And that's what they it call was... them, dude wipes? Yes. Now, now I'm Googling dude wipes. What the hell? <laughs> Actually called dude wipes. I told you I wasn't making it up. You can buy them on Amazon. You can <laughs> Buy sixty on Amazon for fifteen dollars. What is wrong with the Kleenex Cottonelle wipes that are actually also for adults? <laughs> they don't say dude on them, so they're not as masculine. Okay. Right. I, I was I looked at it and I thought this is silly. <laughs> so the next time I was at the store, I bought a box of a wet ones. And put half of them in his drawer. <laughs> <laughs> he used These them, are too expensive, care. babe. These are too, the dude wipes are too expensive, babe. You're just going to have to deal with a more, you know, household brand. He he don't care. <laughs> he said thanks. Probably lost him on it. Dude wipes. <clears throat> I think that's hysterical. When you said do I was like, what is that? I guess it's a brand that came to be on Shark Tank. I don't know that I... I, I don't... <sighs> I don't know. A what now? A what now? What? <laughs> oh, I'm getting that. You guys don't She's on Google now. Um, 
No, I'm on Amazon. I'm on because I went went to Dude Wipes and they had a link on Amazon, and then it's like people who bought this bought this, and I I don't actually get the connection between the Dude Wipes and the people who bought this also bought the Kohler, the bold look of Kohler disinfecting wipes dispenser because it's not the same kind of wipes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because the idea is something to put those you know that 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 thing the the thing of Clorox wipes in. You know, it's more attractive mm-hmm. on the counter. I, I could dig, I dig that, but I do not get what that has to do with dude wipes. It's, I don't see the connection. I don't either. I don't either. But, but anyway, there's some yeah. woman in Nebraska who had to buy dude wipes, and she also bought that for herself while she was on there. You know, Amazon pantry, you guys, fill that box up. <laughs> so you can get when you do shipping. it, that's right. I mean, I have gotten that thing to 98.8 percent full. <laughs> And then it, and it came and it was half empty. So I don't even understand how they're figuring their. I know it has as much to do with weight as anything, but it's always hysterical when I got that thing to ninety eight point eight percent, and I was like, and I tried to add a point two percent thing of eye drops, and it wouldn't let me go to a hundred percent. So I found that really irritating. <laughs> All that work, especially when the box keeps fucking half empty. Yeah, and it does. It comes with like three thousand of those little air pillows. I was like. Yeah, I got I two boxes today because I did one and my husband had done one. He had told me then my box was only fifty percent full and I had free shipping. If he, he, men, men, <laughs> I bet you're wondering what he bought. What did he buy? Some little lunch boxes, little lunch containers, and. A 12-pack of um, butter crackers. <laughs> a 12-pack. He must yeah. like those crackers. He must. He puts them in his lunch every day. They go, he he has like five in his lunch every day. And they're cheaper to buy um, online, obviously. Um, it, it's ridiculous, though. And it, it would have fit perfectly fine in my box if he just told me he was doing it. And it would have, we would have got free shipping on his order, too. And it's ridiculous. <sighs> I put Oreos in my box this time. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> I don't like the new Oreos. I don't like the reformulation. I haven't been able to adjust. I, I haven't tried <sighs> them yet because um, I still had a pack of the old ones. Um, so now I'm, I'm on the new ones, and we'll see how it goes. I wish you, I hope you like so them for your sake. Oreo, Nabisco, I'm perfectly fine with trans fat in my Oreos. I did find a good better I, for me I found a substitute. So I found something to take the place of Oreos I think are better. I like the I like the cookie better too. But I just couldn't deal with the, the change in the cream. That made my eye twitch. What do you mean you have something better than an Oreo cookie? What'd you find? Well, well it's it's an Oreo knockoff. I just like it better than, I don't like it as well as original Oreos, but I like it better than the reformulated Oreos. Okay. Why would you get diet Oreos? What? What? Barbara got thin Oreos. Those are diet. Why would you get diet? Those are like extra diet. Like the regular ones are diet, and then double stuff is appropriate. And then anything beneath that is diet. (laughs) These are the ones that I like better than the reformulated Oreos. The Back to Nature Classic Cream Cookie. Also without trans fats, but I like actually like the cookie better. So it wound up being a win that I had to go hunting for. You can get them in a lot of places, but I got them at this 
chain we have near us called Sprouts, but you can get them on Amazon. Okay. Goddamn chat room <laughs> locked up again. <clears throat> anyways, anyways, I did buy um, the new Oreos, and um, uh, if they're terrible, I'll be writing those comes a letter. And they'll be like, we didn't have a choice. Bitch, you always got a choice. I'm not clicking that link. It'll put my chat room up again. Look, you can dunk the thick ones. I don't understand your argument, Barbara. I don't. I don't. You can... You can you can you can harvest the cream from five Oreos, slap it between two cookies, and still dunk it. That's the voice of experience. Just saying. It's hard to eat, but you can still do it. Actually, my sister and I had that conversation one day. We were trying to decide how much, how many, how many hor- creams from Oreos is too many in a single cookie. And we did come up with it. Five was too many. Four tolerable. Five is too many. Like, oh, I think I think the ratio is <laughs> way off. Once we got to five, and she's like, yeah, that was too much. Four was good though. <laughs> Speaking of Nickers of Judgment, since that's what you called the show. Mhm. I'm going the back to my original. I'm back to my original Knickers of Judgment to the NCIS fandom. Stop it with the one-sided phone conversations. Stop it. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. It is not a style choice. (laughs) (laughs) It drives me bonkers. It... I have noped out a morphic recently for that, and I was like, you know what? I thought that was a, I thought that was a thing that was old, and it wasn't going to happen anymore. That I just stumbled across something that happened in the fandom, you know, because you know, when you go into a new fandom and you haven't read that fandom before, you see a lot of things in older fics that you don't see in new ones. But I keep seeing that shit in new stuff too, and I want to slap somebody's face. And I'm thinking, did you do this just to spite me? <laughs> it's starting to feel very personal. It does. Just stop it with the one-sided phone conversations. It and you, and people. I actually had somebody write me one day. Lady Holder, if you me, did a one-sided conversation, I would call your fucking house. <laughs> Even if it was in the middle of rough trade, she'd have still said something to you. Like, what are you doing? I'd have been looking for pods. <laughs> Dude, what the hell? Now, I'm not saying that you can never write a one-sided conversation. If your POV character is watching somebody else on the phone, all they're going to hear is what the person who is in front of them is saying. But if you're in a POV character and your your POV character takes a phone call, your reader will hear both sides. Yes. When Tony is on the phone and you're in Tony's point of view... The reader gets to hear what Tony's hearing. That's just the way that shit goes. Yes, unless you're in a Sentinel story, and in which case you don't have to be in your Sentinel's point. You can, the Sentinel does not have to be on the phone to hear what's going on. But then they need to acknowledge that they're, they're eavesdropping. Thank you very much. Rude ass. <laughs> privacy, Sentinel, privacy. 
But it just it drives me bonkers when like Tony's on the phone and he's talking and it'd be like, Yeah, hi, hey, how's it going? No, he's I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what do you mean no? No what? Who who said who said anything that was worth saying no to? Nobody, because Tony would hear it. And it just keeps and I've seen starting to see it outside of the NCIS fandom and I really do think it started in NCIS because I hadn't seen it anywhere before NCIS. And it's like it's stupid viral behaviors. If you want It does to, feel personal. It does feel like they're doing it to spite me. It does feel like trolling. Earlier we were talking about kinks and people trying to make you like their kink. Um, mm-hmm. It happens with pairings, too. Um, mm-hmm. it, it never fails. If I mention in my podcast that I don't read Snary, um, I don't read Snary, by tomorrow afternoon I'll have two links in my email from people who think they can change my mind. It's like they don't. It's like these cunts fucking don't even know me. That's two. <laughs> I like the yeah. ice bucket challenge when hot people were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, with I don't read Snary. I don't read Harry Snape. Yeah, Harry Snape. Because, like, you know, I, I'm i really flexible about who I pair Tony with, but there are some people I'm not interested in reading him with at all. As we say, you know, and I, and I, I, will, know, I will know instinctively that I'm not interested in reading him with certain characters. And so when somebody sends me a rack for a certain character, I'll be like, nope. And they're like, and then they'll, they'll take it personally that I want to read it. And I'm like, why are you taking that personally? I don't want to read it. It's nothing to do with you. <laughs> it's not about you. As long as not, I don't need to validate the fact you don't need me to like it or to read it to validate to validate your the last part. Who hear you? What you say? <laughs> Are you implying that I'm stubborn? <laughs> The last person who persuaded me to read a pairing or read a story I wasn't interested in regretted it. Because I told them in infinite amount of detail everything that was wrong with the story they asked me to read. I should do that the next time I get a link I don't want. And if I actually have a I could ruin this for them. <laughs> They did say I ruined the story for them, but I actually had a sneaking suspicion that they're the author. <laughs> you get what you asked for. That's right. Because they asked me, I said, well, what's wrong with it? Because I said, no, I couldn't. I said, I, I said I, that was terrible. I couldn't stand it. I'm like, well, what was wrong with it? Oh, I roll up my oh. sleeves. Well, allow me to tell you. <laughs> Let me Let tell me you what's wrong with it. On. I'm going to give myself a wedgie explaining to you what's wrong with this story. <laughs> Hold on a minute while I go change my underwear. <laughs> I need the knickers of judgment for this. <laughs> Speaking like, of, next you time, know those cute-ass candies that are on my um, podcast right now where it says, you know, fuck off? My other choice that I almost put up there was it's not going to spank itself. So they both will work. I should I should have put both up there. <laughs> you should. We need a slideshow. Fuck off. It's not going to spank itself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
God. So what was wrong with it? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, it had it had it had problems with pace. It had problems with massive problems with characterization. Nothing made sense in the in the world building. I was like, shit, just doesn't work this way. And allow me to tell you exactly why it doesn't work this way because there's a lot of problems. It's an, it's an NCIS story because people try to persuade me more than NCIS stories than anything else. An NCIS story, and I was like, um, let's go over the things in law enforcement and the government that don't work this way. And I just laid it out there. I said, I don't even have to do any research to tell you it don't work like that. <laughs> Almost everything that was a point of procedure was wrong. Everything that was a point of how government works was wrong. Everything that was a point of how and like and, and I could literally nothing in this story works that way. And if she's telling me it's like well, I'm like I, I I'm like I get that your id had a spontaneous orgasm over something in this story, but you're trying to pre- I told you I wasn't in, into the pairing. Um and you told me I would change my mind if I read it. And so I read it. <laughs> it didn't change my mind on the pairing, and now you want to know what's wrong with the story. Well, allow me to tell you, because since I didn't like it the whole way, I made notes. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me. I can't tell you what the pairing is, because it's a very rare pairing. So if I tell you what the pairing is, it would like tell everybody exactly which story I'm talking about. So there are a lot. I mean, Tony, there, there, there are... There's Tony's been paired apparently with like everybody under the sun, you know. So it's all it's all out there. I don't read Tony Cornell. I won't read Tony Tim. I would set fire to Tony Ziva. Ugh. I'd run I screaming read... in the night from Tony Jenny Shepherd. I know that's a thing. I wanted to deny that it exists, but I actually know that it does exist. I, I just have blocked it out. Um, Tony Abbey seems. Inherently abusive. Um, I really do need to make that banner. I get that your id had a spontaneous orgasm. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> um, I don't always want. I don't always. Sometimes um, Tony Gibbs stories um, squeak, mm, gross me out. It, it really yeah. depends on the season and the circumstances. Um, but some authors don't take um, the abuse honestly, out. And I'm like, what, wait, what, what, you didn't, that's the point. Well, you didn't take the abuse out of their relationship? Wait a minute. Hold the phone. And I'm just, like, <laughs> looking for the door. Like, when I was reading a fic once where it was Tony and Gibbs, um, um, he smacked Tony in the back of the head, and I stopped reading. Mm-hmm. Because I don't like that thing to begin with. Um, but for it to happen between lovers is abuse. The only it's story abuse doing against coworkers, really, honestly. But for the it only to happen the only story I can think of it's wrong. The only story I can think of that I, I went past a head slap was because get, they, they'd gotten into a personal relationship, and the first time Gibbs head slapped Tony, Tony turned around, and head slapped him back, and said, "We're not at work. <laughs> if you're going to do that, if you, you head slap me. You're getting it back." And I was like, okay, I can deal with this. And I kept reading. And it was good. It was a good story. So um, that worked for me because Tony set that boundary. And he clearly had a boundary in his mind of what was okay at work and what wasn't okay at home. So, you know, I, I could deal with that. And it was almost, it was like the author's way of addressing the head slops. And then they kind of fizzled out at work, too. So it was good. But, um, yeah, it, in it general, the minute. It's disrespectful to hit somebody in the head. 
And well, honestly, somebody who answers remote questions, they hit somebody anywhere unless they ask for it. Yes. Now, I thought, and I could be wrong, this was years ago. Some, I'm sure somebody, somebody who remembers NCIS fan lore better than I do. I think that head slap thing was a spontaneous thing between Mark Harmon and Michael Weatherly, because um, Michael Weatherly apparently can get really hyper and wound up on set and kind of go off the rails with his ad-libbing. And Michael Weatherly, I mean, man, Mark Harmon head, sla- head slapped him. And this was early on in NCIS. And then it just stayed part of the show. And they kept it in the episode. Um, I seem to recall reading that years ago. But I don't remember the context of where I read it, whether it was actually like a an official source like CBS or it was on a fan site. So it's kind of in my head that that was a dynamic on the set that wound up getting entrenched into the characters. And I wish they hadn't. Because I could kind of see buddies kind of having that moment, you know, because apparently Michael Weatherly and Mark Harmon are friends, and Michael Weatherly kind of went off the rails, and Mark Harmon had slapped him a little bit, and, you know, then they got back to the scene. Um, but between coworker, you know, in that in that situation as it as it became in in the show, it just it just became, you know, embarrassing and abusive. Like Tony couldn't... Police is on behavior. It does pull down to the embarrassment factor. It does. Yeah. Um, I can't stand it. <clears throat> yeah. So it's hard. But yeah, there's some pairings. I mean, and I think there's there's a trend in the NCIS fandom right now. Several authors, and more authors are talking about doing it, about exploring Tony with different people. I think the fandom may be a little bit burned. Maybe it's because the fandom's a little bit burned out on Tony Gibbs. I don't know. Maybe it's because Tony's not on the show anymore. But it, there's definitely a lot more Tony other character from somewhere um, in the fandom now. We have our mothership. Before. We, have, we have the mothership. And we're going to just keep Tony hitting that Steve mothership. Tony Garrett, if you don't know that. That's right. I'm going to go down with that ship. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and... And some pairing, but some pairings, you know, I read them and I go, some of them I kind of like head tilts a little bit and go, I don't know how that would work, but I'm willing to give it a try. And other pairings, I head tilt the other direction and go, no. And a right head tilt is good for me and a left head tilt is bad. So I kind of, you know, my id sort of makes a decision before I even have had a chance to really think about it, by which direction my head goes. And I, uh, for so instance, I know Jilly has ruined me for John Shepard and Tony McGuire. Dinozo. Not that I ever I would write it. John with anybody but Rodney in his various variations and that I've currently been exploring, but I could not, I can't even read Dinozo Shepherd because of no. Julie. It's my, <laughs> I know, and I, it, my headcan is so wrecked with that that I've tried to read a couple of authors who've written, because it's, it's becoming a more common pairing, John and Tony, that, um, and more power to you folks. Power on with the Tony other, because it's going to keep Tony, it's going to keep NCIS going long after he's off the show. But I try, because it's got some authors I know who've got skill, and I thought I'm going to try to read this story, and I'd get to them having a romantic moment, and I'd be like, no, no, incest, no, incest, no, incest. No, it's, like, it's like red alarm <laughs> flaring in my head. I'm like, no, 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 I can't do it. And I just can't so I bad can't for do me it. that I've actually... Um, figured out how to work Tony Genozo into the Shepherd family in Sentinels of Atlantis. He's going to be Patrick's nephew. Um, and, uh, and I'm so excited about that. Patrick's wife 
was a Paddington. So Tony is his nephew through marriage. So when I bring him in to the um, season, it'll probably be near the end of season two. Maybe not. Maybe early on. Because I've been, re- I've been replotting that. Um, he's um, his nephew. I think that's going to be I've got to figure out how super. Tony, how old Tony has been during that. Because it would have been basically second season of Stargate Atlantis. Um, so I have to do some... Um, Depends upon you when you want him born. Because Canon, he's somewhere between 73 and 68. So, you know, that'd be 2004-ish. So it depends upon when you have him born. I also need to know how old the person I want to pair him with would be. We can discuss that in the chat room. I don't want to spoil it. Um <clears throat> I like the idea of Q being a Holmes brother. Um, I oh, that's that really awesome. interesting to explore. I, I I really like to see that. Um, we talked about Q um, in uh, the Minion, Minion headquarters. What I don't like is for Q to be called Q by everyone. That's his fucking job title, people. He needs a name. But, so if he's gonna be, if he's gonna be banging James, he needs a name. He's the quartermaster. That's why he's called Q. Q stands for quartermaster. That's a goddamn job title. And on that subject, I like a padlock on the knickers of judgment. So I'm just saying. It's like <laughs> these bitches not, are not coming off. You're not going to persuade me that it's good. Is that there's a good reason, because, you know, people do, that there's a good reason for James and Bond, James and Q to be in bed together and Q to be Q or worse in bed James is thinking of Q in bed as the boffin. Um, oh God! Once you hit romantic you know, intimacy, a... you, you, I just I just can't build it if there's just there's got to be yeah I I got I got to evolve past his job title. There is a moment in um, Fall for You where Riley and Marcus are talking, and Marcus calls him Doc, and Riley says he says Riley. You know, like I'm an actual person and not my job. <laughs> you know, because that's actually one of my biggest pet peeves. It really is. It's it is literally objectification, and you need to stop. Speaking of bewitched, um, I actually have Easter eggs for bewitched in um, several of my HP stories. Um, like one where Tabitha is the headmistress of an American magical school. Oh. You sneaky um, author. And the younger brother, Adam, is the representative for the ICW in Harry Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond. Adam Stevens, he's the American. That's Adam from Bewitched. Oh. That's a little Easter egg there. (laughs) But no one's ever said anything about it. So, you know, um, I don't know if anybody's ever caught it, but Tabitha Stevens um, is the headmistress, and her and McGonagall kind of fuss over um, Hermione in in, um, in The Apprentices, which is uh, 
another an, an story that I'm writing in. And she's all, she also appears somewhere else. But yeah. It's, you you got to have your fun where you can, ladies. <clears throat> you got to sneak stuff in. Maybe hold her. food again. That, that's worse than the porn. It is worse than the porn because I'm hungry. <sighs> One of the cutest things I ever read was when um, Harry was raised by the Stevens, and the um, Samantha is actually um, a different kind of witch. They're called old ones in that story, and they're profoundly powerful, and they actually scare the shit out of regular magical people. And Harry oh, was raised be adorable. by. Um, Harry was raised with Tabitha and Adam, but he's a different kind of magical person. So he gets a wand, and um, when it comes time for him to go to Hogwarts, that's when they find out who's had Harry this whole time. It's almost as fun as the one where the Adams family raises Harry. How did I miss that? Harvest Adams. If you've not read Harvest Adams, <laughs> the best part is when he goes to Azkaban and enjoys it. Because <laughs> he's been raised by the Adams family. Okay? And he's like... And he wears a dress because he wanted to and Morticia was like, okay. <laughs> and... um. And Gomez went and bought him some more. <laughs> so he didn't have to wear hand-me-downs. He could have his own clothes. It starts horrifically. It, it starts so horrifically. And I was like, the moment I realized what had happened, and Morticia strolls into the Dursley's house, I went, yes! <laughs> I'm so excited! But it's called Harvest Adam. Adams. It's on fanfiction.net. Um, H-A-R-V-E-S-T-E. Harvest Adams. Um, I'm trying to find it. Somebody else will probably find it before I do. Oh, no, 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 no. That's archives of our own. It might be there, too. But I read it on fanfiction.net. Um, but the Stevens one... Um, Looks like it's a series. Yeah, it is. I think I read the first two parts, maybe three. Well, because the 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 part six is when you get up to the eighty thousand words. That's that's the big anyway. Thing the Adams family they bring Harry to the train station, you know, to, to go to Hogwarts, and um, Lucius Malfoy is kind of afraid of Morticia. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like I'm dark but what the fuck <laughs> oh somebody found the bewitched one it's the ninja the ninja always delivers Harry Potter Stevens by Fireheart and it's on um, fanfiction.net um, very cute <clears throat> very very cute uh, Dumbledore is not at all happy to find out who has raised Harry Potter. 
or who has Harry Potter um, and uh, tries it tries unsuccessfully to to take him. It's it's not a good deal. Well, it's not a, not a good idea to piss off the old ones. <laughs> But the Adams Family one is fucking hilarious. It is just... It's great. I'm going to have a hard time not reading that Adams Family one tonight. I want to read it now. (laughs) So, um, for those of you who want to send me snary links, don't. Because I'm going to take a page out of Jilly's handbook and I will send you back a list. I will ruin anything you send from send to me. I will ruin it for you. You will never want to read it again. Ever. I will make it so that when you open it up and look at it, all you see are the flaws. You will I am now officially one cunt away from <laughs> meeting my quota. <laughs> Because that was number three. <laughs> 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 I really enjoy like little stories in Harry Potter that are like you know the Harvest family, you know the, the Harvest Harry, um, Potter one, or um, the one where he's raised by the Stevens family. Because it's just it's really interesting to see um, him in a different magical circumstance. Um, that's why I'm really enjoying my story where I had Harry raised by Bilbo Baggins. Um, I'm 40k in. <laughs> oh, is that all? Oh, jeez. Is that like wow. 40? Something like that. Hold on, I'll tell you. Um, and what was really interesting is I had my little plot twist about the the one ring being a horcrux and then I actually went over to um, the Lord of the Rings wiki and I read about the one ring and it actually literally is a fucking horcrux the one ring has part of Sauron's fucking soul in it that's canon I'm not mad (laughs) it's just I thought I was being you know cool and I thought I had a unique idea come to find out no because the Horcrux isn't a unique idea. I'm not picking on you, Joanne. I'm just saying the One Ring's a fucking Horcrux. She named it. And naming it is everything. Just ask the, the Patents and Trademarks Office. My damn... Bar at the end, at the bottom of Word that tells me how many number, how many pages and shit my stuff is is gone. How do I get that back? That's really annoying. Huh? Oh, in 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 Word? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a, that's one of the that's not should be on the view menu. It's one of the you actually turned off something on the view menu. I know, but I don't know what I did. I didn't do it on purpose. Yeah, and I could I could tell you how to do it in a Mac, but that probably won't help you. It's <laughs> <laughs> not grid lines. How did I get a fucking word count without okay? Okay, it is currently thirty four thousand nine hundred and thirty two words, ninety one pages. Oh, that's going to be so good. I'm on chapter five. 
I'm on chapter five, and they're about to pass through the Misty Mountains. Um, and um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it because it's. Um, uh, I'm really enjoying the exploration of magic in um, in the Hobbit, and um, you know, and Harry's utter displeasure of the fact that you know that his dad is kind of hot for the dwarf, and. <laughs> Not really on board with that at all, but his dad's a grown man, so he's having to put up with it. <laughs> <laughs> he's a grown hobbit. <laughs> Dad, <coughs> why do I have to put up with this shit? <laughs> so, but I'm really enjoying it, and um, uh, and it's just it's really interesting to explore that uh that particular um aspect of um of how magic would would work and um how he would um be in a world where he was really the only one of his kind um and um he's gathering magic from around him and that magic isn't quite like the magic from earth and so um i'm trying to explore that and how that would work and you know and um how he's having to deal with the fact that because he's the only one of his kind that the magic on Middle Earth is is kind of feral, and it hasn't been taught. So apparition is is a problem. Um, port keys would be a problem. He's, he's he's having to create different ways of of manipulating the world around him um, to work with the magic he's been taught on his world because it's a little different. Because the magic on Earth has had a lot of interaction with magical people, so it's in a way intelligent. So it's really interesting and fun. I'm down to a minute and um, cunt. <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to way to work it in. I met my quota. <laughs> and pussy for good measure. Now all those perverts who listen to my show to listen to that stuff will be extra pleased. It's like a birthday song, but perverted. Cunt and pussy for good measure. <laughs> you guys have a great evening. Say good night. Good night.